Hello again, Broncos country. Here at Orange Weekly, we want to apologize for not getting this pregame show out to you on time. Normally, we like to get it out to you by Friday morning. However, just minutes after recording, we heard the news about Demarius Thomas, and we just couldn't bring ourselves to post like everything was normal. Number 88 was a great football player, and obviously he was a better human who just brightened the day of everyone he met. I know a lot of Broncos country have had experiences meeting with him, and here at Orange Weekly we do too, and it has been really hard for us. Um, He inspired a lot of Broncos country, and on a personal note, his jersey was the one that my wife was wearing when I met her, and it's the one that she was wearing when we went on our first date. Anyways, while while Broncos country is mourning with us here at Orange Weekly these past 24 hours, uh, we still want to present to you our pregame show, uh, the way that we record it, and and I think that's what, what he would have wanted. Rest in peace, Demarius. You'll always be remembered for Broncos country, and I'm super excited the Broncos organization is doing something for you for this game. And prayers and hopes out to all of your family and anybody else that's struggling through this time. Uh, lean on each other. You know, Time is precious. 34 years old, just shy of his birthday. Time is precious. So go ahead and sit back, relax, and uh, try to enjoy this episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. Orange Weekly, fans, brews, and Broncos news. What's going on, Broncos country? I, I already started that bad. Let's go. Let's try this again. Hello again, Broncos country, and welcome to another episode of the Orange Weekly pre-game podcast. Today we're doing this live on YouTube. If you're not following our YouTube channel, please get over there, youtube.com slash orangeweekly. We finally got to change the name, so that's super awesome. Um, and if you're watching us live on YouTube or watching this after, make sure you're uh, downloading us and subscribing to us on YouTube. Uh, on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all of your podcast listening devices. This is the pre-game podcast. Uh, I'm here with my friend David, as always. David, how are you doing today, bud? What's going on, Broncos country? That was Ray's thing, and I don't know why that's where I immediately went. Yeah. 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 It's never been your thing. It's Ray's thing. Yeah. Let's leave yeah, it. Yeah, it's Ray's thing. It's Ray's. <laughs> you, can, you can have your thing. Uh, I'm good, Jared. I'm good. Uh, you know, bummed out. We, we're putting Sunday night behind us, but it's still a bitter pill, pill to swallow. Um, and you know, but on, you know, kind of onwards and upwards towards Detroit this week. A very beatable opponent, a very winnable game. But you know, we we you keep talking about the Broncos as not mathematically eliminated because that at this point in the season you have to you have to keep talking about them as not mathematically Absolutely. eliminated. Like nobody in the AFC is mathematically eliminated right now. So until they are, you've got to keep talking about these games in the context of the Broncos need this win to hold on to those playoff chances. And I mean, that's every win from here on out. But it's start. It's especially true this week against, like I said, a, a team that you you really have to beat. Yeah, I know. It's going to be interesting coming in. You never know which Broncos team is going to show up. Uh, it's seemingly until this last week, we showed up very well against teams that are good. 
and not very well against teams that are not good. So I'm interested to see which team shows up as the Detroit Lions come to Denver to take on our Denver Broncos. In the meantime, make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button. Uh, make sure you guys are hitting that follow button and sit back, relax, and enjoy another episode of the Orange Weekly pregame podcast. All right, here we are, David. So we are trying to put that Sunday night behind us. Let's yep. go ahead and start there. So if we're putting this Sunday night behind us, what Denver team shows up this Sunday uh, afternoon game in Denver uh, against the Detroit Lions who, and and I'm going to let you speak to this, are, are battling with some some flu issues right now. Yeah, yeah. You, you used to COVID being kind of the name of the game as far as sick, uh, you know, out, you know, sickness outbreaks in locker rooms, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, flu is not gone. Flu is back, and the Detroit Lions are dealing with that ad nauseum, so to speak, right now. They didn't have Jared Goff practice yesterday. He did come back to practice today, so uh, as of recording, so it looks like he's probably going to be good to go. But both of their tackles are out right now, um, Panay Sewell and Taylor Decker. Um, so, I mean, they're there, and, and it sounds like they're holding out players to kind of quarantine them uh, to keep them from getting sick from other, because because other players are, are starting to feel symptoms now. So it's, you know, y- you think a lot of those guys will probably just get crazy fluids and be fine. But, you know, coming to Denver to altitude uh, to, to uh, when you're already having hydration issues as a player going through the flu, I feel like that's going to be a tough ask for some of these Detroit Lions players who have never tried to play at altitude before. Um, so, yeah, Denver, Denver's got some some advantages there. You've also got TJ Hawkinson not practicing because of an injury um, and DeAndre Swift, uh, who has been a fantasy machine for me uh, this year, but, uh, not practicing also. So, um, his, his status very much in doubt for this, this upcoming week. So yeah, not the healthiest lions team coming in. Um, but if you're Denver, that's all the more reason not to be complacent, not to overlook this team, which I don't think they were going to do in the first place. Um, but you certainly can't just say, Oh, oh, we're going to be facing all of Detroit, the worst team in the league's backups. This is going to be a cakewalk. No, they are well coached and they are going to come in with no excuses, Jared. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, also, I just want to, for the record, say that uh, we had a deal that you weren't going to mention fantasy uh, in this podcast because it just brings back terrible memories of how I'm doing this year. And so um, when you say we had a deal, when did you remember us discussing? Because we had the, we had the deal, you know, no. the, the deal. I was a general I, deal. I seem to remember a very different conversation, and that conversation was I would talk about fantasy this year <laughs> and go out of my way to specifically mention uh, how bad you're doing. That's how oh. I recall. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do. I do. I must. For, I must have blacked out after I said, "Hey, let's make a deal," and then you started talking, and I think mm-hmm. I just ignored the rest. That's mm-hmm. what it really yeah. came down to. Most of our listeners can relate to that. I think. That <laughs> I feel like they can they can feel some sympathy for you in that. Uh, but nonetheless, oh, man. that was the deal. Yeah. So here, here's the thing with the lions that I get. And, and I think the generic, and I don't know if it's just the NFL or the, the, you know, mass media trying to make the lions relevant, talking about like, well, all their games are close. It's not like they're getting blown out, but as I'm looking through this, they're getting pretty blown out. I think, I mean, there was only, 
There's only a couple games here. Like the Ravens, they kept it pretty close. The Vikings, they kept it pretty close. They got beat by 10 points by the Bears. Uh, They got, you know, uh, eight points by the... Yeah, eight points by the Niners, got destroyed by the Packers, um, destroyed by the Bengals, beat by nine points to the Rams, destroyed by the Eagles. 44-6 to was the score of that. Um, tied the Steelers. So... You know, we and then they and then they go back and get beat by the Bears by only two points a couple weeks ago, um, and then obviously win that crazy uh, final drive against the Vikings. I think the one time Jared Goff has ever uh, finally put together a, a game-winning drive, which I watched that thing. It was actually pretty good. He he looked pretty good on that drive, mm-hmm. and like you said, I don't think Denver's overlooking them um, in any way, shape, or form. But David, before we get into our in- analysis. Um, into this game and uh, and talk about our matchups that we're looking at. Let's remind everybody to go on to DraftKings.com because if you love these action-packed games and these high-scoring NFL games of past, maybe not so much from the Denver Broncos offense, but this latest uh, no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner if any point is scored. Just one single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. And if you're like me and Sportsbook is not available in your state, make sure you get in on all the huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. What we need to do to do, download that DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use that promo code TPPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and you win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with DraftKings.com an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Make sure you're using that code TPPN. That's for the Pigskin Podcast Network, TPPN. You must be 21 years or older in a betting state. Uh, new customers only, minimum $5 deposit, $1 wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And as always, if you have a gambling problem, please call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, David, let's do what we do best, and let's break down this game Let's talk about our offense because you know what? I want to end off on a good note because our defense, I feel like, is playing pretty decently. Let's start on our offense. What is going on and how does our offense... Here's my problem, David. Every week we go through the line and our wide receivers are probably one of the most wide receiver groups in the league. Top three and maybe I'm wearing the orange goggles. Let's start there. Let's start the wide receivers, and we keep saying how much better they are than these DBs, and I don't think there's a change here, right? Sure. Um, It's going to have to be something that just develops. And, yeah, I don't know. I I really don't know the answer as to why these wide receivers aren't getting more involved in the offense. Um, You know, obviously it's going to the check down a lot with the running back. Um, and Teddy's trying to hit these deep roots to these wide receivers. Uh, and sometimes he is, but more often than not, he's just, he's not hitting them. Um, and there's really no, it feels like there's no short to intermediate passing game that has any rhythm for the Broncos right now, any kind of sustained rhythm. So that's really what I'm looking at as kind of the main culprit as to why these wide receivers aren't getting fed the ball more, you know, one step drop, three step drop throws that get the ball out super fast just not a big part of our repertoire right now. Um, also play action plays on first down, not really something we're doing a whole lot of. Uh, so it's, 
you know, it's a multitudinous thing. I feel like it's, there's not just any one answer as to why that's, that's the case, but yeah, it's troublesome. And it's once again, a a week where you look at the matchup against these lions DBs and you think that's favorable for the Broncos offense. They just got to get the ball out there. Yeah. And I, and I think this secondary is probably top, worst secondaries in the NFL and they're, they're getting burnt in every single game. We talked about those big blowouts. It's a lot of it is through the air. Um, their safety, Dean Marlowe is having probably one of the worst seasons of his career. Um, and then their free safety, Tracy Walker, again, not having a great time uh, on the outside. You have Jerry Jacobs and I'm not even going to butcher his name and Amani Aruwaraye. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's right, and it's in that. Uh, that's how you pronounce it, and uh, exactly like that. But they, they don't have they don't have the secondary. None of those are household names, right? None of those guys are the guys that you're going to pick up in uh, in a fantasy in a fantasy league that plays with your your defenders. And I I don't know. I I, I feel like there's a way to ex- exploit them, but do we trust our offensive coordinator to make the play calls to exploit them? Or are we going to make these guys look like they're the, a top five defense? Like the worst part about this season right now, and I, I don't mean to be negative here, but it's like which offense is going to show up? We know which defense is going to show up. I think there's only been one or two games that our defense has not shown up to to what we expect them to. But which offense is going to to show up to this game? Right. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just we're, we're just going to have to see. They find you know we begged them and begged them and begged them to run the ball last week, and they did it. And that was all they really did well. So, yeah, it, are they going to be able to marry that passing game and the running game a little bit more effectively? And, and here's my – agreed. And here's my problem is that we ran the ball very well. I mean, we we destroyed – if you look at the, just the stat sheet, if you don't look at the final score and who got touchdowns or whatever, just the stat sheet, we should have won that game because we were controlling the clock, controlling the ball, had more first downs, had more everything else. But we just could not get into the end zone, and when we got into the red zone, it just we we couldn't figure it out. And not even the red zone, but when we even got close, it looks like the team just kind of gave up. And uh, there's got to be a a combination of the two that works, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'll tell you, I feel like that's why you're probably not going to see the team offensively look that much different this week, um, just because I feel like the coaching staff probably thinks oh, we're close. Like we're not that far away. Like we're one or two plays, tur- for, you know, turn away from, the, you know, changing the complexion of that game completely. And all you got to do is go out there and execute, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it would not shock me to see a very similar game plan to what we saw against the Chiefs uh, against Detroit. I'll just put it to you that way. And and honestly, with the the defense that we're playing against, I I wouldn't be mad about it. I feel like we can run the ball a lot more efficiently against this team. I feel like we could pass the ball a lot more efficiently, specific, specifically deep. I don't know. I'm trying to remember, and I don't have the stats pulled up, but do we throw deep more than twice? I know there was the one that was double covered to uh, Cortland Sutton over the top, and everybody thought he gave up on the play, but really uh, he was double covered, and he was just expected to pull the safety, which is exactly what he did, was not expecting to get the ball. Um, I know there were other a couple that, others. I know there were a couple of others. Yeah, um, it did not seem like we were taking a lot of deep shots, and I don't know if they just weren't there or what the case was. But here's here's the other thing. Now let's move inside. Before we get to the big boys up front, let's talk about our man, uh, Javante Williams. 
and just being a workhorse last week and just having an amazing game, both in the run game and the pass game. Let, let's talk about him for a little bit. And, it, and then uh, what do you know about Melvin Gordon's return to play? Uh, is he expected to be back this week or are we uh, waiting another week? Kind of sounds like it. Yeah, um, I, I think we probably do expect him to be back this week. And it would be a good thing for the Broncos offense. Uh, it's I know Javante Williams ran hard, uh, ran really well against the Chiefs. It was it felt like he had a highlight every single drive. Uh, but you know it's impossible to ignore that when Gordon's out there, he's also running really well right now. He gives the Broncos offense something when he's out there. Um, I think right now he might be a little bit better, the better receiving back. Um, just I think with the way the savviness that he runs with, as opposed to the absolute just brute strength of <laughs> that Javante Williams does, it just if it, it feels like the I, I've seen and you know maybe this is just my amateur eyes, but it just feels like I've seen Melvin Gordon so many times this season, like squeezing out a first down. Uh, on a you know on a four yard pass from Teddy Bridgewater, just getting the, having the savvy to find that marker time and time again. So I think having him back helps the offense. He he finds the end zone quite a bit. Um, so yeah, it'll be good to good to have him back for a multitude of reasons. I think. I, I really think a big part of that too is the uh, I love the two back set. Yeah, I mean I and I, I think you can't really hate on a two back set, specifically when both of them are running very well. Right. I think Absolutely. Melvin Gordon uh, earlier in the week said something about how uh, he wants to stay in Denver and he, he feels for some reason, and I don't know where this is coming from, uh, if there's a, a media outlet in Denver that I'm not following that is just a complete Melvin Gordon hater, but he says that the, he doesn't think the fans really support him. It's Twitter. It's it's really it's mm. Twitter. It's just a yeah. lot of, you know, it's a lot of the, you know, free Javante Williams stuff on Twitter that I'm sure he's t- that he's, he's not deaf to. And right. kind of ridiculous. Um, but I absolutely. Think, I mean, yeah. I, I feel like we're so much better as a football team with the two back set, yeah. and specifically with those two back there. I mean, you're talking Melvin Gordon has he's been having a hell of a year as well. I mean, his his yards per carry is pretty high. Sure. Um, and that's why I think all of all of Broncos country is yelling to run the ball. That's our strength. Our offensive yeah. line, their strength is running the ball. And our we have two just awesome running backs. Uh, so that's where we got to go. Speaking of that offensive line, David, let's go ahead and move on to that. Both Bobby Massey and Garrett Bowles back playing very well, um, specifically last week. Um, how, how are we feeling about our offensive line right now and the interior defensive offensive line? And, and I'm kind of leading you into this against the interior of that uh, that Detroit Lions. You know, Charles Harris um, is is their edge defender, and you just talked about the interior of the defensive line, so maybe I should shift focus for a second uh, and, okay. and go with what you're saying. Uh, they've, got, <laughs> they've got Nick Williams uh, and Austin Bryant as kind of their defensive tackles. Austin Bryant also plays edge for them, so it's, it's, it's you know, one of those fronts where they like to switch personnel, um, kind of try and find the matchup to put their most athletic guy on your least athletic guy. Um, you know, I, I just, it's, it's not, there's nobody there who makes you go, oh man, that's, that's a real problem matchup for the Broncos right now. Um, Quinn Miners is having growing pains. I think he's a lot better run blocker than pass blocker right now. So that's going to be one thing to look, to keep an eye on. Um, Lloyd Cushenberry is having a really nice second season comparatively to where he was last year. He's very much a league average center as opposed to a bottom center, bottom five center in the league, which is how he was playing last year. 
Um, right. So that's that's good for the Broncos. Uh, you know, having your starting tackles back, that's also really helpful. Um, it's it's I feel like this offensive line is going to be able to give Teddy time to stand in the pocket. Uh, again, I hope they have a little bit more in the way of a short passing game this week, but we'll just have to see what, what, what the matchups portend. I like the interior offensive line of Denver versus this interior defensive line. I, absolutely, and, and we're talking about a tale of two games. Kansas City's interior defensive line much, much stronger than their their outside, uh, and we're talking about the opposite here. And even in their base package, um, which is kind of a base, it's a three four, but really a four two or five two um, with the edge defenders kind of doing the rushing. And I think that's what they're going to play against us, based on what they saw against Kansas City. They're going to try to try to man us up and uh, keep the linebackers in coverage and, and send five. Um, but I, I don't, I don't foresee it happening very well. I don't see it going very well. And, and the one thing we love about Teddy Bridgewater is that while he has been a checkdown king, he's not turned the ball over very often, um, specifically through the season. I think he's going to be able to make the smart throws to be able to get um, the open guy, specifically against this Detroit Lions. Now the defensive line, the defense of the line, the defense of the Lions, the defense of any team really runs through your linebackers, right? Yes, I mean, your okay. linebackers are your play callers, your linebackers are your, are your leaders, and the defense of this Lions running through the linebackers, two of their linebackers are having just the worst, probably one of the worst seasons you could probably imagine, and I think that's really where this Detroit Lions record really comes from. Um, and I think that's the bet definitely where we need to take advantage. Alex Anzalone, um, yeah, Anzalone, and mm-hmm. then Derek Barnes, uh, rookie out of Purdue, Um you know, you can't really ask much for a rookie, other though Browning's doing a pretty good job. <laughs> I mean, that's it. Yeah, it's it's just what kind of production are they getting out of their rookie linebacker? Probably not as good as we're getting out of our rookie linebacker. Um, but that's you know that's the way it is right now for them. Um, yeah, I think like you said that, that if that's where the the vulnerability of their defense is, um, we can pound that that vulnerability with Melvin Gordon um, with. Uh, Javante Williams um, and he, you know even with our tight ends should they choose to get them more involved Albert O and Noah Fant um, you know I, I know it's been just flashes here and there but I really liked what I've seen out of Albert O this season um, consistency he's he's getting better um, I don't know it I, I'm excited for the future of the position there um, so yeah it's there's matchups all over the place against this Detroit defense. You just, you got to go out there and and take it. I'm excited for the Albert O experience. I'm disappointed in the lack of Noah Fant experience that we've gotten this season. I feel like, and it's not, it's not due to, I I mean, maybe it is again, I'm not looking at some of the tape, but it's, it's not due to his lack of ability. It's his lack of targets. I feel like he's not getting the looks that uh, he got last year. Really? Um, yeah. So I'm surprised to see. I wouldn't be surprised to see a Noah Fant breakout game this week, especially against those linebackers. They're awful in coverage. Uh, the strong safety is awful in coverage, and I think Noah Fant's someone who can uh, who could take advantage of that. Uh, is there anything else? So what's your matchup here on the off our offense versus your defense? What's the matchup you're really kind of watching uh, to be kind of the game breaker uh, while they're on the field? I am going with Jerry Judy this week. Um, that's, that's going to be my, uh, against, uh, their slot cornerback, uh, Will Harris, um, plays safety for them as well. DB, uh, all around kind of, but looking like a guy who you can exploit, 
um, third a third year guy, but I think you know Jerry Judy's going to have the matchup there. Um, if they can get him on some routes, if they can get him isolated one on one, I think that's going to be really really good for the Broncos offense this week. All right, well, I got Fant, you got Judy. Let's see what Ray says on Ragers. Make sure you guys are following the Ragers podcast on all of your podcast listening devices, too, to get the greatest bets, the greatest uh, lines each and every week. All right, David, let's go ahead and switch it up. Let's talk about our defense, right, our strength of our team. How are we feeling about the defense? Because I feel like this is the one. this is the one level where it's like at least the offense is like, you know, pretty consistent, not going to put up a lot of points, but our defense is kind of hit or miss every once in a while. Um, how are we feeling about our defense currently where we stand? Well, it's another, it's a week where I like the matchup more than I liked it last week. Um, the Kansas City offensive line is really good uh, still. Um, I know there was kind of some worry about whether they were going to be able to pull it through or not this, this offseason. Uh, I think they answered those questions. Um you know, the Broncos were able to generate pressure at times, but there were other times where they were just manhandled at the point of attack by the Chiefs. Um, I think that's going to be a little bit different this week. Um, I think they have a better matchup against the offensive line of the Lions. If Taylor Decker and Panay Sewell can't go, especially, uh, they have a really, a, a much better matchup. Uh, but then you've also got, for the on the inside, Jonah Jackson uh, at left guard for them. Uh, Hal Vitae, at the other guard position for them, who also um, dealing with that flu bug, it look I think uh, this week. So it's yeah, it's really really going to be interesting to see, um, yeah, if they can if they can pull wh- who they can pull together uh, to play on this offensive line at all. Who's going to be well enough to go? Uh, Ryan McCollum, their center. He's a vet, but he's not. Uh, no, he's not a vet. He's a rookie. Um, so yeah, there's rookie. yeah, there's there's matchups you can exploit here. Shelby Harris against the rookie center. Draymond Jones against the rookie center or backup guards. Um, you, you know, you'd like to see maybe a little bit of production out of Jonathan Cooper and Malik Reed, especially on the edges. Um, but yeah, I think that you have the chance to create consistent pressure on Jared Goff this week uh, if you guys you know go out there and play just Bronco football. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about talking about a completely different game. We're talking about the interior defensive line. Our interior defensive line uh, just absolutely wrecking, and, and and I kind of expect a big game out of Shelby Harris and Draymond Jones this week um, on that interior because of what is going on. Um, and and I, I really think that here's here's the crazy part is that uh, so their center was an undrafted free agent that got actually undrafted into Houston Texans, got cut by the Houston Texans, picked up by the Detroit Lions, is now their starting center at the Detroit Lions. So that's a, that's absolutely crazy to see. Um, and he's not playing super well. However, you know, you, we always want to see that, and we want to see him playing well because we love our undrafted free agents. But um, speaking of that, I think Shelby Harris has a big game on that interior defense line. Now, Bradley Chubb, look, can we just talk about this for a couple seconds? Because I, I do want to mention this. Not having a great year. All right, yeah. His injuries have been plaguing him for a while. Yeah. Um, but he's not really kind of being the playmaker that I think a lot of us were expecting, yeah. Uh, and a lot of us were were hopeful for. And obviously, the the absence of Von Miller has kind of stepped up the game of a lot of other players because they realize that they can't just rely on Von Miller to make the play. Um, how do you feel about Bradley Chubb's play this year, and uh, what are we expecting him for the rest of the season? It's been a struggle for Chubb. Um, I don't know if there's more factors going on than just his <clears throat> his injuries. Uh, I don't know if it's, you know, anything else it could be. 
Um, but yeah, he's not having, uh, um, you know, the statistically the monster year that we were, we were hoping for. Um, it's just, it, it, you, you, what you want to see is just growth from him. That's what you really want to see over the, the last part of the season, any kind of blossoming into, you know, a, a more effective player to a very good player, anything like that. If you can, if you can get any, any indications that that might be on the way, um, that would be what you really want to see. Um, it, it, you don't want to put a ton of pressure on on a on you know he's you think of him as a kid but I think he's what he's going into his fourth year of his rookie deal next yeah. year um, and that's you know big it's big time decision time for the Broncos front office soon as to whether or not they want to pick up that fifth year option from him so yeah he it, it's it's kind of it stinks to have to put pressure on a kid like that but at the same time you know it's big boy football you, you kind of have to produce if you expect to keep going in this league. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a big offseason talk right now because uh, going into his next year, he's gotten guaranteed his cap hit is $12 million, um on his fourth year of his rookie deal. He's 25 years old. Uh, injuries and everything aside, he's just not, not producing the way we want to. I, I'd like to see him have a big game. Yeah. Specifically against Detroit. If you're going to have a big game, have a big game against... It doesn't matter who it is. Have a big game against a team who's not not doing so hot and especially doesn't have the tackles to be able to block in. And, um, you know, last week he's, he's gone up against some backup tackles and has yeah. been stopped, which is, I think that's what kind of I'm looking at. And it's unfortunate. And I'd love to see him kind of have that bounce back game, but we'll see where that goes. Now let's talk about on the outside. They do not have, talk about not having household names. Like Jared Goff is the only household name of that, that uh, Detroit lions team really. Um, and then they're running back. Yeah, um let's see. I his I have, name is uh it's uh it we got Godwin Godwin Igwabike. Um, Igwabike, that's what I said. That's something that's what like I said, David. Uh anyhow, yeah. yeah, he you know, like we said, DeAndre Swift out um missed last week. Not sure if he's gonna be back in time for this week or not. Uh probably better for the Denver Broncos defense if he doesn't make an appearance because he's a pretty dynamic guy, catches a lot of balls out of the backfield. Um, can break through a tackle and gash you for 20 yards pretty quickly. Uh, so yeah, if it, it's, that's the other thing though. They, they ran all, who was it? They just ran all over with three different running backs when Deandre Swift went down. So they've right. got, they've got guys who can run the ball and that's, you know, if that's to me, maybe the trouble spot against this Broncos defense, the, the chiefs didn't really try to do it cause that's not their game. But I feel like the Lions game is do whatever we want we can in any fashion to win a game. Because that's all we're trying to do this season is just win a game and now win yes. another game. So, I mean, we're talking about DeAndre Swift. They're starting running backs probably going to be out this week, yeah. right? right. Um, and, you know, the name I can't pronounce and I'm not even going to attempt to butcher. He only has eight carries, but he has eight carries for 93 yards. So he's gotten a couple big breakouts. Um, I don't know how that timing went or where that came from. His his obviously his PFF rating is through the roof. When you have eight carries for ninety three yards, you can't not have that. Seven receptions, sorry, five receptions for forty nine yards. He's got some uh, talent out of the backfield. But imagine him being a workhorse as as opposed to a uh, a change of pace back. Yeah, definitely. I think that the Denver Broncos can control a, a running back like that. Sure. Yeah, small sample size for sure. We don't want to give too much credence to to th- that one performance. But, uh, you know, just like this Lions team in general, 
not somebody you can just afford to overlook because he's not the name that you know. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, wide receiver wise, they don't really have anybody. Josh Reynolds on the outside. That's an old name that we've heard before. Khalif Raymond, who's every once in a while has a kind of a breakout game as far as targets. Khalif Raymond, shout out. Yeah. Former Bronco Khalif Raymond on that. And then there's slot uh, Amon Ra St. St. Brown. Who caught his first um, touchdown rookie. pass last week? Uh, yeah, in that uh, he caught the winning touchdown against the Vikings. It was his first first career touchdown. Yeah, rookie out of USC. Shout out to USC. Um, he's not having a terrible season, but yeah, caught the game winning touchdown, which is huge for them. Um, and then let's talk about this. Let's talk about TJ Hawkinson, which is honestly the one person on their team. Iowa Hawkeye. Uh, remember TJ Hawkinson, Noah Fant, both drafted um, right. out of tight same ends draft. out of Iowa. Same draft. Uh, both of them were highly touted, which is crazy coming out of college, having two tight ends being drafted in the first round. Yeah. Um, not having a terrible, terrible time, but uh, just on a just it seems like he just can't get it going. Um, how do well, our linebackers line up against TJ Hawkinson this week? Well, and thankfully, it looks like they won't have to because unless he discovers a cure for broken hand, but between now and Sunday, he probably won't be playing. Um, that's news to me that's breaking uh, news to me is it because i feel like we talked about it before the show uh <laughs> anyhow um yeah i wouldn't i don't know if we have to worry too much about tj hawkinson matching up against these linebackers i will say i did notice last week baron browning getting i don't know if picked on is the right word um but in coverage he was not as able to keep up with those chiefs playmakers which is not you know super surprising for for a uh you know first year guy as he is but um, yeah, it, it would be nice to see him bounce back against whoever's running his way, running back tight end, uh, whoever the Detroit Lions send out there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, you know, you love to see it out of, uh, uh, Baron Browning, Kenny young, for some reason on PFF is not rated very well. I feel like he's been playing pretty decently. I think he's been playing very well in the run game. Um, we haven't been using him much in the past game and I don't think we need to, I think Baron Browning's kind of the guy to go uh, into coverage if we need to put someone to coverage and, and Kenny Young just kind of sits in the middle. Um, Kenny Young has uh, some high variance plays. He's got some where he looks really, really good. His f- football IQ looks really, really high. And then there's some plays where he clearly just does not have the right assignment. And you can kind of, you, you know, it's not a lot, but y- you can go back through a lot of games and kind of see, you know, one play or two plays in particular where he's just lost out there. Um, so I, that's that may be where that grade comes from. Yeah, keep on following Orange Weekly as we talk about the off-season moves and what's going to happen this off-season is going to be huge. Um, depending on what we do with our coaching staff is really dependent on what we do with this defense because we have two, uh, I mean, three starting defensive uh, linebackers that are injured, and what are we going to do with those guys who are up on contract, including pulling in Kenny Young from the Rams this year? It's, it's a lot to talk about. Uh, there's a lot of interest going on in the Denver Broncos this off-season, specifically on defense. Yeah. All right, last thing we got to talk about, Jared Goff, and then we'll get into our score predictions. David, Jared Goff, how do we feel about Jared Goff? Obviously, looking at it in hindsight, uh, that that trade, uh, the Rams won that trade. Yeah, Jared let's, Goff. Let's be honest. Jared Goff without Sean McVay right now is not looking like really anywhere close to an effective starting NFL quarterback. So, yeah, I like the matchup against our secondary this week. I feel like somebody gets a pick. Um, maybe not Pat Sertan this week. Maybe it's Ronald Darby that finally gets a shot at one. Uh, but yeah, I feel like somebody's going to get a ball, uh, from, 
from Jared Goff this week. Somebody in orange and blue. Yeah, and and make sure you listen to Ragers as we discuss. I I mean, most of the time you have uh, your plus or minus interceptions at point five. Yeah. Um, I I would not be be surprised if it's at one point five for Jared Goff. Honestly, Ouch. this week. Uh, just because his his interception ratio is just bad, and um, unfortunately, you're right. In this system, he's not playing as well as I think they would expect him to. Um, but any given Sunday, right? I mean, the Minnesota Vikings right now on this Thursday nighter, just whopping on the Pittsburgh Steelers. So yep. uh, we have that going for us. And every given Sunday, things can happen. And and I think we got to be a little bit worried, and we can't look past this game. David, score prediction. I had to wear I had to wear the the puffball on uh, on Tuesday night because of our shows. Felt um, good. Felt real good. Yeah, did it? Did it feel mm-hmm. good? Yes. Um, it felt dirty to me, and it actually got really warm. Yeah. Really, mm-hmm. really warm, really fast. Yeah. They'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice, right? Um, oh man. I think the Broncos. Uh, you know, I almost hate to pick them to win, but after my pick them to lose strategy failed me last week, uh, I think I can start over again here. Um, I am going to pick them to win. Uh, I think it's probably going to be in the neighborhood of 24-14, 24-13, something like that. Um, I think they don't score like a ton, a ton of points. Uh, but if they got up to, you know, I think their ceiling is probably 31 or so. Um, but yeah, I, I think they'll probably keep it in the neighborhood of 24 and, and play really good defense. Yeah, I'm kind of on that same uh, on that same thought process. I, th- I do think we score 27. Um, you know, what's that? Three touchdowns, two field goals, um, and then you know, I I don't know either 19. Or I I feel like we keep the uh, Detroit Lions out of the end zone enough yeah. uh, to where they're just kicking a lot of field goals, right? Yeah. Whether it's a, a 19 point game, a 23 point game. Um, I, I I feel like we come out on top uh, just by keeping them out of the end zone. I think our defense saves us, and it's going to be another game that we come out of it, and everyone's like, "Man, look how great the offense is! Look how uh, look at all these stats that we have for the offense." Um, and stats are great, but final score is really what matters in the NFL. That's uh, it. In any sport, really, any yeah. sport, it really comes down to the the final. The final score, and uh, if you don't end up on top of that final score, that's a loss in the L column and you move on the stats don't matter so that's it yep um that's where we're at all right any final thoughts besides that were, were, were those your final thoughts no no David I never have final thoughts no you always, uh, there's always I just have more thoughts. lots of thoughts there's lots of thoughts there's a lot of them I don't voice for um protecting uh everybody else no I um I hate 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 the fact that in the past Five years, we don't know what Denver Broncos team is going to show up on the field. Um, and that Kansas City game may have sent me over the edge, David. It mm. may have sent me to that, like, like don't care mindset. Mm. Like, obviously, we lose to Detroit. This is it. Like, I mean, there's no way that anybody survives this. And it could be everyone and their mom gets fired not at the end of the season if we lose to Detroit uh, after this week. And no. I get it. Um, but like, even if you have to get through, like, you know, even if you have to kind of switch off for the rest of the season at some point, which I'm not recommending or suggesting, 
All I'm saying is... We still have a lot of podcasts to do, and we're going to be here for all of them, so... That's true. That's true. Um, This offseason is going to be so pivotal. Um, You know, watching potentially the sale of the team, watching the Broncos potentially pursue a veteran quarterback with all the rumors going on about who's interested in coming to Denver and who's not. Uh, It's going to be so, so formative for the the franchise's next few years. Um, You know, George Payton's second draft. Lots of stuff. To, to to watch for this offseason. So even if the Broncos lose you for a little bit th- during when the actual games are being played, they're going to get you back. They're going to get me back. Oh, um, yeah. So it's it's if, if you have to protect your own emotions by going numb inside like I have, I think that's acceptable. It's acceptable. I feel like the way, the way to protect my emotions is watching the rookies play and watching what we did with this last draft class with one year George Payton being here, and he was only here for like a month or a month and a half before the draft, and he somehow turned out some of the great, probably the greatest draft class, at least initially, right, in immediate impact that we've had in the longest time. Right, yeah. And uh, all these guys are only going to get better, which is amazing. And uh, that, that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I'm looking forward to that. I, I Again, we're not mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. If, if for some reason we figure out a way and that Kansas City team just got into our head because, you know, it was in Arrowhead, it was a tough game, it was cold, it was a night game, what, whatever the, whatever the you know, news is around that game, yeah, I'm right. excited to see what, what we're going to do with the rest of the season. And I'm also also cautiously optimistic to not freak out that we are the greatest team ever by beating the Detroit Lions uh, by whatever we beat them. And I'm not expected to call Teddy Bridgewater the MVP of the season because he throws a good game against the Detroit Lions. So yeah. both Teddy. of those things can be absolute, right? Like, we don't want to go crazy on either side to get the clicks. Uh, but that, that's where I'm sitting, David. I'm with you, Jared, all the way. I love it. I couldn't have said it love better it. myself, and I won't try to top it. I appreciate that, and um, as always, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, really appreciate it. Make sure you guys are hitting that subscribe button. Um, David, thanks again for another absolute uh, banger of a show. I heard that one recently. Is that still a thing? Definitely still a thing. Definitely Absolutely. still a thing. That I was a banger like of a show. To kids these days, they would definitely understand. It was what you, what on you fleek. Um, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> We, we, make sure we, you guys are we hit that, that subscribe right button. Mm-hmm. We make yeah, sure you guys hit that, that subscribe button, everybody. Don't eat that subscribe. Eat you know it. what? We're just going to end this show on our normal go, go Broncos. Broncos. Weekly. Fans, brews, and Broncos news.